With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the four-wheel parts down and dirty show off-road edition powered by Polaris Razor. We're taking it back to the roots, getting dirty and covering all things off-road because pavement, well, that's for It's gloves off, in your face, on the edge, and the way off-road should be. We're your definitive source for all things dirt. 4WP is more than a store. We're truck and Jeep experts and have been for over 50 years. From wheel and tire upgrades to full custom builds, 4WP has you covered. Whether you want to order the best parts online or shop in-store, do the work yourself or get it done by a pro, all roads lead to 4WP. Do your rig right. Shop online or find your store at 4WP.com. Welcome to the 4 Parts Down and Dirty Show Off-Road Edition powered by Polaris Razor. And, uh, man, do we have a special treat for you listeners today. My good friend Justin Lofton is going to be on the show. And this is one of those, um, when I started this podcast and I decided, you know what, we're going to still do the Down and Dirty National Show, but we got so we have so many amazing personalities in off-road. We've got to showcase them. You know, obviously, we've brought you Ryan Arciero, Marty Fioca, you know, the Martelli brothers, Joey D. We've done some stuff last week with C.J. Hutchins, Brian Deegan. But this Justin Lofton interview is one of those. I'm like, I need to sit down with Justin Lofton. I got to tell his story. Guy's gone and raced NASCAR. He's been all over the place three times. He's, you know, got the trifecta at the Mint 400 with overall victories. I'm like, we have to tell this story. And I'm bringing Justin Lofton this week. It does not disappoint. So, Thank you all for uh, tuning in to the show. Um, you know, welcome here. Uh, obviously, uh, check us out on iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. Really help us out. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Leave a rating or review. If you do that, leave your Twitter, Instagram, at username at the body of the review. They'll see it, and I'll follow you back on social media. Check us out on the web, downanddirtyshow.com. Got the national show on Tuesdays, the off-road edition Wednesdays, and uh, Thursdays I've got Project Action on Podcast One, kind of my fun podcast where I interview just about anybody and everybody. So a uh, big weekend off-road this week, man. Uh, you know, if you're tuning in after the fact, uh, things have probably already passed by. But, man, things are getting fired up and ready to roll. We've got uh, just wrapping up, obviously, Silver State 300 with the best in the desert. we got Lucas Oil south of the border at Estero Beach for a doubleheader. We've also got the Overland Expo in Flagstaff, Arizona. And then in Moab, we've got Rally on the Rocks. So, um uh, Man, a lot of off-road events happening, not just for uh, not just for the competition side, but just uh, for you know people who like to go out and just enjoy off-roading. So uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of coverage of that stuff in the coming weeks as well. Um, but uh, yes, uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in. Uh, we are um, you know I don't know I guess probably just going to cut right to the chase here with Justin Lofton. Man, it uh, does not disappoint this interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, so we're going to take a short break. We come out of that, man. It will be all Justin Lofton for the duration of this show so hang tight it's gonna be a fun one 
you want extreme performance, reliability, and the most fun you can have on four wheels, the Polaris Razor brings it to you. But you don't need to take my word for it. You can take theirs. I'm Tanner Faust, and I choose the Polaris Razor because it's the most fun you can have with a steering wheel. What's up? I'm Ronnie Renner, and I choose Polaris Razor because it's the sickest, most reliable side-by-side on the planet. What's up, everybody? Heavy D from Diesel Brothers. Listen, I'm on Team Razor because it's hands down the best piece of machinery on the planet. I'm RJ Anderson, and I choose Polaris Razor because it's the most fun, most capable machine. Action sports stars, TV personalities, and some of the best race car drivers in the world all choose Polaris Razor because it's the ultimate combination of power, suspension, agility, and fun. Find out more information on the web at PolarisRazor.com or follow at Polaris Razor on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and use the hashtag RazorLife to share your story. When looking for a new wheel for your off-road vehicle, car, truck, or UTV, the choice is easy. You choose what the pros use. Rob McCachran, Keegan Kincaid, and myself, Jim Beaver, all exclusively use Vision Wheel, whether we're dominating Baja, taking the cup at Cranon, or shredding UTVs. Vision Wheel's trend-setting designs and durability will set you apart from the competition and your friends. Check out visionwheel.com or at visionwheel on social media to learn more. Anywhere is possible. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire's wide variety of tires for whatever it is that you drive. Whether you're looking for off-road capability balanced with impressive on-road performance or ultra-high performance offering all-season traction designed with a driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has what you need to get where you're going. General Tire, providing anywhere as possible with a down-and-dirty radio show since 2012. Do you race or are you a weekend warrior? Have you checked on the date on your helmet recently? Don't get caught off guard by using an outdated helmet. Impact Racing, the leader in motorsport safety, has new SA 2015 helmets to fit your budget. Whether you're looking for a helmet with a full carbon fiber shell to take you to victory at the Indy 500 or just looking for some helmets for a weekend at Glamis, Impact Racing has a helmet for you. Find out more information at impactraceproducts.com or on Facebook at Impact Safety. Okay, I'd like to welcome my guest this week to uh, to the show, uh, Justin Lofton, man. Uh, good, uh, good to catch up. I know you're on a bit of a winning streak right now, so... Uh, I guess it's always a good time to catch up with you, but uh, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So i got to ask, uh, this is actually a number one question, and I don't actually know this, and my brother's like, you got to ask Justin this, and this was not going to be my lead question, but you never know what the hell's going to, what I'm going to lead with. Um, how many trophy trucks do you have? Do you have two? Because he's telling me, he's like, no, he's got two. And I'm like, I think Justin's only got one. I know they got his dad's buggy, but how many trophy trucks do you guys actually have in the shop? Uh, so I've done a pretty good job at, at hiding that. No, you I? have, dude. You've done uh, a really good job. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we actually have two. We have, uh, we have the original truck that we call Badco, and that's, uh, that's the truck that's won the Mint um, all three times. And then shortly, I, I guess it was a year after that, uh, we built the first one. Uh, we, built, we started a second one, and that one we call Fury. And uh, Fury has been very furious and, and has not cooperated um like we have wanted and, and uh, that's the truck that we lost motors in and and had transmission trouble and just has not cooperated so uh and we have we have two jimco trophy trucks and uh the buggy uh the black pre-runner and then uh you know a razor two here and there that we wanted them in and um we got a shop full of stuff yeah that's for sure what's the biggest difference because i know they're both jimco trucks 
And I know, like, you go back way back to, like, the first Jimco truck that Robbie Pierce got back when, uh, you know, back when Jimco first got into trophy trucks. And today, I mean, they're vastly different. But yours are built kind of close to each other. I know, so does one have a sequential gearbox, I believe, and one's uh, one's just your t- typical trophy truck, like Turbo 400, right? I mean, what's the biggest differences in the trucks? Yeah, so uh, that's how they were built. One was built with a, with a sequential gearbox in it. And uh, I guess you'd say more typical uh dugan's motor and then we put the sequential gearbox in it and it and it would be the first one of what i guess jimco would call their gen 3 trucks okay actually i think it's actually would even be a gen 4 truck um we actually own so j1 uh that robbie pierce has and uh that was actually our very first trophy truck and we were partners with that on mike jilson and then uh the second uh trophy truck that robbie pierce had owned that Rob McCacken was driving back yeah. in the Rockstar days. Uh, we actually owned that truck for a short period of time, and that was um, so that would have been Gen 2, J1, and then now we have J1, Gen 4, and then and actually J3 of Gen 4, um, with Billy Wilson having, having the one in between my two trucks. Um, biggest difference is we built one truck um, with the sequential gearbox, the second truck. Uh, we went with the with a with the Ford the Roush Yates Ford motor uh, with a automatic behind it, and then we kind of took our time uh, building it. We we did a lot more low CG stuff to the truck, um, and then when they were building it, they just learned easier ways to do things. Yeah. Uh, for example, my first truck takes an hour plus in special tools to take the steering box out of my my second truck we can change a steering box in less than 20 minutes and we can do that out on the race course um, with no special tools so uh, that's really the biggest difference between the two trucks yeah well and you know all this being said you're sitting here you're winning races in a two-wheel drive truck i know you just jumped in for silver state uh uh with a you know a a different truck that uh you know out of your you know different than what you're normally driving but uh, what's your take on all this with trophy trucks now and you know talking about all-wheel drive and you know you hear these crazy numbers guys are building and here you are with uh traditional two-wheel drive trucks still winning i mean what's your take on where we're headed in trophy truck man uh <laughs> higher much higher it's getting way more expensive every year to race um you know everyone's stepping up everyone's stepping up their game whether uh you know it's it's nicer parts nicer trucks four-wheel drive trucks two-wheel drive trucks with bigger motors in them uh there's definitely you know the, the sport i, I wouldn't say is is more you know it's it's evolving um it's actually not even evolving it's progressing yeah and uh guys are wanting to go faster and um oh you know my take on it is until we until i am no longer competitive in an all-wheel drive you know with a two-wheel drive truck against an all-wheel drive truck um we're not even going to we're not even going to look at you know look at it on our level now someone wants me to go drive one i'd be you know i'd be more than happy to and and uh, I'd go out and, you know, do the best I can and hopefully win some races. But um, as far as my personal side of, you know, side of it is it's still off-road racing. You still got to get to the finish line. And uh, besides a race here or there, um, you know, it's just more parts to break and more parts to prep and, and a bigger bill at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, this is regardless of what it looks like, you know, a lot of these are still family-funded funded deals. And, and um, you know, we all only have so much to spend. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's truth right there that you're talking about, you know, because I look at it and I go, like, some of these budgets, and I know from a lot of these teams, like, you know, it's funny because you went down the NASCAR route, well, which we'll get to in a minute, and you know, you know the cost of running, you know, a stock car program for a year and stuff like that. And I start looking at some of the trophy truck budgets and what guys are spending to go race the trophy truck for a year. And I'm like, man, we're, we're getting kind of in the same ballpark here, but yeah, there's a whole lot less media going on around off-road. Like, you know, at some point, I'm like, well, we got, we got, something's got to come back in the level here, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely what it is. I mean, I, you know, we're, I wouldn't say we're a low budget team by any means, but we sure, you know, I don't, I don't race with a helicopter. I don't race with, you know, 75 support guys and, and, uh, a lot of fancy equipment. We, you know, we do, we put all our money we can into our trucks and, and, you know, needing, getting what we need to, to be competitive on the racetrack. And then, uh, you know, if I have some, have some money left over in the budget to hire a couple more guys to come down to a race or, or bring out a film helicopter or something like that, we do it. But, um, you know, we, we're still spending a whole lot of money keeping these trucks going down the road. And, and uh, you know, I can't imagine what some of these guys are spending. I just see, I see what they bring down. I know what it costs. And it blows my mind. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of getting to be bonkers, man. Well, I kind of want to go back to the beginning because, uh, you know, we'll talk about kind of trophy truck and where you're at and some of these race wins and stuff like that in a minute. But kind of want to go back into the beginning because... You're one of those guys, like you were a dirt kid just like me. I mean, you grew up, your dad was, uh, you know, your dad was racing. He's accomplished his own, right? I mean, shit, he's the only guy I know that, like, just decides up and, you know, we're going to show up to Parker in the car that I haven't raced in a while, and uh, we're just going to go and win. <laughs> you know, like, like, how badass is your yeah. old man to do yeah, something like that, you know? Cool. Um, but that being said, I mean, how was your, like, what was kind of your gateway? Like, you grew up here, but you're one of the the guys, like, you know, like a Robbie Gordon or, I mean, there's been a few, like, we, you know, you and I, before we kind of jumped on air, we talked about Ryan Arciero, and he kind of went down that that pavement racing path. But how, how did you go from, like, being an off-road kid to be like, hey, man, I, I, I think I see some doors opening up over here. I mean, how was that progression in your career? Because you're probably like me when you're growing up. You're just like, hey, man, I'm going to be an off-road racer, right? Yeah, it's uh, – my- my life has definitely take, taken a lot of turns. And I mean, I went from, I did a lot of downhill mountain biking and, and, uh, my dad was racing, but, uh, he was busy growing our cattle business. And, uh, so there wasn't really time, you know, and, and in the area I grew up in, we didn't have trophy cars. We didn't have these, all these cool toys that these kids have. It was a pedal bike, maybe a, you know, like a Honda 50 quad or a, Honda, a Suzuki 80 quad or, a little 80, you know, YX, uh, YZX 80 or something like that. So it wasn't all, you know, all the, the toys and, and what the kids got to grow up with that are racing now. So, um, you know, my, my career started on two wheels. It started on a pedal bike, racing BMX and downhill. Um, you know, one thing led to another. I had basically, you can say a life changing injury. I broke my femur and, and uh, it was a pretty bad wreck and took me quite a few years to recover from it. So, by then, I was 16, had a driver's license, ready to drive, and 
you know, one lucky trip crew running with my dad in Mexico introduced me to a, to a guy named Gabe Smith. Uh, he runs the Red Bug down at the Nora race, and he ran Sonora this year. And he was an accomplished Pikes Peak racer, and he was looking to retire. And um, it kind of worked out that I was able to fit in his seat and did some racing for him. And he's uh, he's personal friends with Jack Roush. And, and uh, of course, you know, Sunday afternoons I spent with my grandpa watching NASCAR races. And, um you know, one thing led to another. Next thing you know, I was buying a late model, going late model racing in Irwindale, went Grand National Racing, <clears throat> NASCAR Grand National Racing for a couple of years, and then it was, um, you know, I was 21 years old and time to move east and found an ARCA ride, and one thing led to another, and, uh, you know, moved, living back east for six years. Yeah. How how was that, too? I mean, uh you know, like, I think a lot of people, you know, they see like, hey, you can be successful in off-road or this and that. But I mean, you were highly successful in ARCA. And I mean, I just look at, you know, look at your career and stuff like that. Like, you know, how is NASCAR? Because, you know, a lot of people want to think, oh, you know, talent always moves to the top. Well, I think that's the truth. But truth be told, I mean, you've got wins in, you know, in trucks. I mean, you obviously you've got an ARCA championship. Like, you know, how is that whole NASCAR situation, man? It's still, it's just like anything else, right? It's just a if you've got the money, you're going to end up in cup, right? I mean, it's got to be really, really <laughs> tough to just rely on your talent there, right? So, I mean, there's definitely, there's two ways, there's there's two ways to look at it for sure. I mean, you definitely have to have the backing behind you, whether whether it's, you know, financially or, you know, person, you know, family money or um, sponsor money. Everyone, regardless of what it looks like on TV, everyone that's at the top level of, you know, the top three levels of NASCAR, they didn't, they're there for a reason. Um, you know, there are definitely some, some people that maybe are, are above their head, but had the, you know, had the financial ability to do it. But everyone there is a really good race car driver. Um, I don't discredit, you know, any one of them uh, at any time because I was there, I raced against them. I mean, yeah, we'll just use Danica Patrick as you know as an example. She went out and crashed a car every week in just about, but she's still a hell of a race car driver, yeah. and uh, you know she definitely is was there for a reason. Um, you know, someone thought that it, you know, she had the ability to do it, uh, just like some of the guys that are racing today. They ex- they excelled throughout the different levels. Um, you know, that's one thing different from off road racing to any other racing is any other racing you have to there's a stepping stone and and you can't just walk into what you want um you can't just go and and get in a cup car with zero experience where in off-road racing if you have the money you can just go buy a trophy truck and go line up at the mint 400 um so it's uh you know everyone there stock car racing has proven themselves yeah some you know some are still gaining experience and uh you know it's just a matter of time um that before those guys really shine and, and i'll tell you one that's that's really surprised me is tyler reddick I've, i raced against him and uh he was 16 17 years old and i can tell you he couldn't drive a straight line down a back straight away and uh you know kids won won a couple xfinity championships he's won races he did a hell of a job in kansas in a, in a monster energy cup car last weekend and um you know it just goes to show it just some drivers mature at different at different times and and uh you know, I, I'd say I'm one of them right now. I'm 33 years old, and I think living, um, you know, driving better than I've ever driven. Yeah. 
Well, and, you know, and that all being said, I mean, like you, like we talked about, you had a really, you know, I, I would say pretty successful stock car career for, you know, for a kid from the Southwest moving back to Charlotte. You know, ARCA championship, you proved you could win in trucks. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have never taken a victory in the top three, you know, series. Uh, you know, that being said, I mean, that had to have been a pretty – was it bittersweet, like, moving back? And I know you went kind of from there to, like, Stadium Super Truck, and you did that. And that, that was probably a good transition just because there was a mix of dirt and pavement. But was it kind of bittersweet being like, you know what, maybe maybe this NASCAR thing isn't going to pan out. Let's go back to the Southwest. Yeah, it definitely um, – you know, it was definitely rough. It was, uh, it was a rough – you know, I'd say the couple of years after I, I decided to move home were, you know, were, were a pretty tough time. Um, I, uh, we, you know, the, the, the best thing about stock car racing and, and any kind of national series touring series racing is, uh, you become a family with the guys you race with. I mean, we spent, my crew and I spent more time together than they did with their own family. So we, we became a family in the, in the friendships are you know, they're lifelong. Um, I still stay in touch with, with, uh, quite a few of my crew guys and quite a few of the guys that I raced with and, um, you know, and some have gone off and done other things. Some are still racing stock cars or owning teams now. And, and, uh, but you just, the bonds you, the bonds you, uh, form when you're, when you're touring around the country together is, uh, is like none other. And, um, you know, I, I definitely miss that off-road racing, you know, racing five times a year and, and it's still being somewhat of a hobby sport. Uh, you just don't get that connection. And, and, um, so that's, that's definitely the thing I miss, and, and it took a couple of years, I'd say, to recover from it. I might have went up, disappeared off the map for a while just to break that to break that drug addiction almost. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, I don't know, it's cool. I mean, it's fun now. I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of of stock car racing. I'm a huge fan of all kinds of racing now. And uh, you know, I, I I was watching the Grand Prix of, from Indy. Uh, on Sunday, I watched this, I watched the Monster Energy Cup race Saturday night. I stayed up, you know, I, I'm living in Texas now, so I stayed up till 10, 11 o'clock whenever it was over, and, and I was into every lap of it. It was a great race, and um, you know, we need all we need all forms of motorsports to be successful uh, because it just makes the next one that much, you know, that successful along with it. So just elevate the whole sport in general. Yeah. Well, you know, all that being said, I mean, obviously we know you can wheel a, you know, a truck. You, you, you've got friends still in there. I mean, is there a chance, you know, you're, like you said, you're 33, you, you still got a lot of gas in the tank. Well, definitely an off-road, but I think, you know, and, you know, and say NASCAR, I mean, chance maybe somebody calls for a one-off in a truck or something. Hey, we need a, we need a driver and we know Justin can wheel, you know, is it, you open to that or you think that'll happen at some point maybe? I mean, you've got to still have your feelers out or at least know some people in that industry a bit. Uh, heck yeah, no, it's, I, my phone is always open and, uh, I, I went and I actually got to, got to get back in a grand national East car last April. I think it was for a friend of mine, Mark Rett, who, uh, he owns Rhett Jones racing and they run, they filled a, uh, Canaan East car and Arca car and, uh, their driver had a, I don't know, I think he was a senior in high school or something and, and had a final. So I jumped in and went and did a test at Gateway Motorsports Park for two days with him and. It took me, I don't know, it took me about five laps, and I was right back up to speed, right where I needed to be, and, and had the car, you know, got had an awesome setup for them, and, and we were fast in the race until they, uh, I think they had a spring break or something, something kind of goofy, but, um, you know, that I proved to everyone that I can still get in, and I can still do it, and... Uh, Believe me, if I see a 704 number, I might come up on my phone. I answer it just in case. <laughs> you never know, right? Uh, 
Well, I know kind of the transition when you kind of came back to off-road. You spent some time there with uh, with Robbie Gordon series there with Stadium Super Trucks. And, uh, you know, how was that? Because you, you were actually in the first, uh, you know, the first year of it. You had that. I mean, it, that was kind of the iconic year. And I know things have kind of shifted, you know, gears with Stadium Super Trucks, and he's doing a little bit different. But that was uh, that was quite a crazy year there. I mean, because it was you and Robbie and I believe McCachron. You guys had this crazy shootout. You know, and that was when it was still kind of finding itself and finding its way. I mean, how was that to be a part of that? I know you raced again in 2014 a little bit and, you know, and done some one-offs and stuff like that. But how, how was that? That had been a kind of a good transition for you, though, just because it was a mix of a uh, bunch of different stuff. For sure. I mean, I, I think it, uh, it showed, I think I, I was fast qualifier at Phoenix at the very first, uh, at the very first day of super truck race. And, and, uh, you know, that's cool. That was a lot of fun getting a race in those stadiums, being able to get experience that, um, you know, my, my asphalt background really showed at long beach when we, when we did the first road course, I think I, I think I beat everyone by like 13 or 14 seconds. And that's when Robbie imposed the, uh, the mid, the mid-race caution because I stunk up the show, as he told me afterwards. And uh, and then, you know, being able to race in the L.A. Coliseum, I mean, how many people get to say they, they've yeah. done that? I mean, there's only a few that were back in the Mickey Thompson days. Um, you know, so getting to experience that kind of stuff was cool. There was definitely that, that NASCAR-type, you know, touring bond because everyone was, you know, everyone was together. We raced, we were going to race, I think, 12 or 15 times that year, and and uh, so it was it was a lot of fun that way and uh you know when things transitioned and, and it went to more road course style racing um i still i i found it fun i think those trucks were way more fun on the road courses than they were in the stadiums uh they're big tire high horsepower trucks i mean yeah they're little but they like to go fast and i think we were 130 something miles an hour at Mon- um, in toronto on the back stretch so uh you know to me that was a lot of fun that was the only uh with the stadium super truck series, that was the only chance really I was ever going to have to be able to compete in an X games. Um, so being able to say I was an X games athlete for one year is, it was, you know, absolutely a dream come true. And um, so it was, I mean, it was definitely a great experience and it would be a lot of fun to get back in one, but I could tell you my back, uh, my back thanks me every day that I'm not in one. <laughs> Oh, for sure, man. So, so you know, obviously the stadium super truck stuff's going uh, going on. I know uh, at that same point, that was when you were uh, you were still in the class one car, I believe, right? I mean, you had a hell of a run there in the class one car. You were just destroying everybody, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the little black buggy was treating us good. I think for about three years, we won. Uh, shoot, we won four out of six races for three or four years in a row. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to come away with a Bethlehem Desert Championship um, any of those years because I always see the, the races that I needed to win. I, I just, you know, had some kind of trouble. Um, so I just, I, it was, it was, a, it was a good time. And, and uh, it was definitely time to move up to the trucks. And, um, you know, so we ended up moving up, buying, you know, building a Jimco uh truck in 2015 and you know i guess here we are right now yeah well how was that move because i know like you know and kind of the industry was shifting at that point kind of out of the buggies and more towards trophy trucks and now 6100s and stuff like that but like your dad i mean he was always known as a buggy guy i mean bob lofton it was just you know he was he was a buggy guy it's kind of like bob gordon he was a buggy guy he just wasn't a truck guy you know and that's not saying that's good or bad like just people associated bob lofton with a badass class one driver how was that for you guys to all of a sudden go yeah i think we're gonna shift from the buggies to the trucks 
You know, it was really, it was a hard choice. I mean, it was, when it came down to it, I actually told my dad I want, when, because our old car, I was just, I was just beating the crap out of it. I mean, it was costing us so much to replace the front end on the car every race that it it made sense to build something new. And, and uh, I actually just wanted a new class one car. I, I want, I was a buggy dork and I wanted to, you know, be a buggy dork and, um, I, apparently Mike cut my, my dad a better deal on building a truck than he did a car. <laughs> so I ended up with a truck and that's about how that story went. If it was up to me, I would have been, you know, I would have been in a buggy and if I needed to put a truck body on it, I would have put a truck body on it. But, um, you know, there's definitely, uh, there's, there's a big difference in racing a truck to a buggy buggies, especially class one cars. I mean, you drive them as fast as you can to the corner and you break at the very last moment stand on the brakes, turn the car, and then you stand on the gas. And because uh, they accelerate, you can de-accelerate and accelerate so fast. Um, you know, when you get in the trucks, it becomes a lot more of a momentum thing. They weigh 1,500 pounds more. They got a lot more wheel travel. Uh, and they like to go straight. They don't like to turn. And, um, you know, when, when they start flipping, they start flipping <laughs> Yeah, they just keep going. That's that's for sure. Um, well, you know, and that that transition to the trucks, man. I mean, you kind of hit the ground running, though. I mean, you it, you know, how was that transition as a driver? Like you said, you you gone from racing the buggies, you know, and it's just complete different driving style. I mean, and a lot of guys go like they go from class one where they've literally had to work their ass off as a driver, and then they get into a trophy truck, and it's like, ah, oh, man, I don't quite have to work as hard, right, to go the same <laughs> speed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're busy. You're busy in a buggy. I mean, that's uh, my navigator, Derek. Uh, he rode with me two years in the buggy, and then a year. Uh, he actually got out of the truck for a year, and, uh, and then came back in in 2016. But he, uh, we gave him his first experience driving the buggy, actually getting to race it last year. And when he got behind the wheel, he that's what he said. He said, "Holy, holy shit! I don't, I couldn't believe how busy you are. You were with everything else you were doing." I mean, you were, we were talking, you were flipping lights on, flipping lights off. And he's like, hell, I can barely get a gear shift in because, because the, uh, you know, turning the steering wheel and everything it takes. So, um, you know, trucks definitely, like I said, they like to go straight. And, uh, so it, you know, they make them pretty easy to drive and you just got to be on your toes. Um, you know, like I, I, like I learned, I went, I think we qualified second or third at Parker and I was lead Parker. And unfortunately we had a transmission break, but, the following race, the Men 400, we went out and we won. And, and then uh, one race later, I I looked like a 747 crash site at the Silver State 300. Well, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute because I do have a question there for that. Uh, you set it up, but I was, I was like, ah, oh, set it up a little bit too early. But, no, that first Mint 400 win, man, because that was kind of like, I mean, you'd won races prior to that, you know, but, like, that was a marquee, like, bam. I mean, this is, you know, you've got the Baja 1000 Mint 400. Those are the top two anybody wants to win if you're a desert racer, right? Um, you know, how was that? Because it was like you, you were no longer, not that you were ever under the radar, but it was like you definitely weren't under the radar then. <laughs> yeah no that definitely put me on the map as as you know as a driver i would say not just a buggy guy not a truck guy just you know a driver because we our success in in the buggy and, and then our you know our immediate success in the truck and, and being fast and, and the funny thing about the mint 400 was uh like right off the start we got a flat right off the start and, and luckily we had never changed a tire we didn't even know how the jack system worked in the truck and Derek did a phenomenal job changing a tire in under two minutes 
and uh, and then we just started running and then i don't really know what happened but we ended up having communication trouble and, and my navigator Derek, couldn't talk to me the entire race the only time we can talk is going through the speed zones when the truck was quiet we can kind of hear each other so as the race goes on it's getting dark and we're going up over the bridge and uh there was a couple lights in front of us and, and he goes oh that that must be, uh, I, you know, just say Bryce Menzies. And, and I said, no, nope, we passed Bryce back at, you know, back on the second lap. And, oh, this must be this person. No, we passed them. Well, it must be Rob McCackman. I said, no, we passed Rob McCackman like five or ten miles ago. He was changing the driveline. And he asked me, so who's leading the race? I said, we are. And uh, so he had no idea. I mean, he basically <laughs> rode the entire race, having no idea that we were actually even in contention to win it. And uh, so that was pretty cool, being, you know, having that surprise and, and that part of the desert's been really good to me. I've won, I won uh, the Henderson 250 three years in a row in the buggy. I've won it now twice, uh, you know, two men 400s back to back, and then and now a third men 400 uh, in that same desert. So I sure hope they don't change it. And I'm really disappointed to, uh, you know, to see that Las Vegas growing out to that area. And, you know, eventually going to lose it in the next five to you know five to ten years. Yeah. Well, and you know that being said, the men 400. Uh... Dude, it's been really good to you. Like you said, three overalls. I mean, I think you're the first guy to ever do, you know, to to win the mint overall three times. I mean, uh, you know, what what goes into that? Because I mean, obviously, there's really good teams. Everybody's bringing their A game to that one. You guys included. But man, you guys just—it's like you've got that track, everything dialed. And I guess we're fortunate. The last couple of years, it's kind of been the same track, you know, and and you know, and things like that. But you know, switch directions here and there. But like. I mean, you guys are dialed in. What goes into your guys' mind going yeah. into that one? Because it's like nobody has anything for you guys. It doesn't matter who qualifies on the pole, who's where. It's like at the end of the race, here's Justin. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it's my desert. And, you know, I just think it, it. we get the season off. We get the season started at Parker. And, and, and with that race being so close that I'm just still kind of in the same mindset. Um, you know, I was very fortunate the, the second year – I won the Mint 400 the week before. I went and spent uh, spent the weekend with uh, Jimmy Johnson at at the uh, NASCAR uh, Las Vegas race and and uh, go out bike riding. And I got to be around some really really cool uh, people that are were very talented at what they did. I mean, we're talking T.J. Lavin, Ben Bostrom, uh, Miguel Duhamel, and Jimmy Johnson. And um, you know, I I really learned a lot. I absorbed a lot from them on on mindset, how to focus. And, and uh, so I think when I go back to Vegas, I, I put myself in that same situation and it all comes back to me. I mean, even, uh, you know, two weeks ago at Silver State, you're based out of Las Vegas. And I think that had, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it and it has a lot to do with my success in that area. Well, and I think Vegas or the Silver State race, that one's interesting, you know, because that one, what happened? Because I know you said your truck wasn't ready. You jumped in one of the U-Theory trucks, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a truck you normally drive. I mean, you know, and I know just jumping into different trophy trucks, like, you know, we can all kind of adapt to anything, but still, you're, you're in your comfort zone in your truck. You know it. You you know, you feel it. I don't know how much test time you had prior, but had to, it, it had to have been just a different feel. I mean, for you to go out and win the first race in that truck, like, that's that's a pretty big deal, man. <laughs> yeah, that was it was a lot of fun and it, and it worked out really well. We, you know, we're making some changes to my trucks right now, and, and um, you know, one well, one the bad car that we had raced, we had raced KOH with it, we had raced Mint 400 with it, and then we took it to San Felipe. And all we did, 
uh, when we put one rear end gear in it and changed the oil between all three of those races. So she was pretty tired, and, uh, I mean, it had 1,700-plus miles on it, and it was ready to be torn down. And then our other truck, we've, uh, Fury, we're, we're getting ready for the 500, so it just wasn't going to quite be ready. And I was just going to go up and watch the race, cheer my dad on, and, and uh, maybe drive around with my wife and, and my little one. And, and then I got the phone call from you, Theory, that uh, Jeff wasn't able to make the race, and they wanted it to run. And, they gave me the opportunity and I'm extremely thankful for it. And, uh, I had, I had 20 miles of test time minute the Monday before the race is all I drove that truck. And, uh, you're working with John Vance when he was at Jimco, we had a lot of synergy. He was part of a lot of my dad's success and a lot of my success in the buggy. And, uh, so we had a lot of synergy, uh, going already. And, you know, he told me that the truck was fast and that's all I need to know. And I was going to take care of the rest of it for him. And we'll be back with more with Justin Lofton in about 30 seconds. Before we get to that, i got to tell you about one of our great partners here on the show, my friends at MyMedic.com. And you know what? If you're listening to this, you're probably an outdoors person. You're probably an off-road racer. You probably enjoy your Polaris Razors or your dirt bikes. You know what? MyMedic.com, they've got you handled with the best first aid kits on the planet, tailor-made to what we do, whether it's razors, dirt bikes, off-road, hunting, fishing, outdoors, or even if you're just a soccer mom or a soccer dad, MyMedic.com has first aid kits tailor-made for what we do. Check them out, MyMedic.com, and use the coupon code Jim Beaver, and it's going to get you 15% off. Check out MyMedic.com for the best first aid kits on the planet and save 15% with discount code Jim Beaver. Again. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. MyMedic.com. Discount code Jim Beaver and save 15%. It's cheaper than a few. All right, Justin. Well, I want to go back a, a minute ago. You mentioned Jimmy Johnson, and I know, uh, you know, you know Jimmy, and he's actually still in contact with uh, quite a few people in off-road. I know uh, you know, I know his his brothers. I don't know Jimmy personally, but um, you know, I, I got to ask. I mean, you know, does he? You know, I know you get around him, and uh, he's got to talk about off road or this and that. Is this one of those <laughs> things where it's become like the greatest NASCAR driver of all time? I mean, arguably, you look at the stats, and he's right there, right? I mean, is there some point where he goes, you know, once I retire, it'd be kind of fun to go back and do a little of this off road stuff? You know, I, I sure hope so, and, and uh, he always, uh, you know, I make sure he, he knows he always has the opportunity to get in one of my trucks anytime, you know, anytime he wants. When anything's going on, um, Jimmy's an incredible athlete. He's an incredible person, and uh, he's done he's done something that uh, very, very, very few people have.
have done or will ever do. I mean, we're talking names of uh, Richard Petty and, and Dell Earnhardt and, um, you know, just to name a few, but there's not very many of them. And, uh, you know, to be able to have that opportunity to share that same bond of desert racing is uh, really special. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's cool to be around him. And, and I sure hope he comes out to the desert sometime. I don't know what his limitations are contract wise or anything like that, or, you know, really if he just wants to be a fan of it and, and watch it from the outside in. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll see him out there in the desert one day. I know, I know Casey Mears has showed up back out in the desert and, yeah. uh, it's cool to have Casey out there. And, and uh, I think a few guys will, I think a few more guys will end up out our way when they retire from stock car racing. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, I actually got to go up on the pagoda at Indy on the spotter stand and I was up there kind of got invited up there and it's not, it's one of those, you got to have an invite to get up there, you know? And so I'm standing on top of the pagoda and here's Rick Mears, you know? And so introduced myself and he knew exactly, you know, the name and stuff like that. And you start talking with him, you know, here's, you know, legend. Let's just put it that way. Guys won the Indy 500 team Penske. Everybody knows the drill at this point, right? The only th- and we're standing at the at, you know Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Only thing Rick wants to talk about is off road cars. He wants to talk about his old yeah. Chinawith with uh, you know eleven inches of wheel travel, and he starts telling Baja stories. And I'm like, how rad is this that I'm standing at Indianapolis Motor Speedway talking to Rick Mears about off road? You know, and it was because he wanted to talk about it, not me. You know, but it's like I think there's one. What I'm saying is, I think you got a guy like Jimmy or Rick Mears, or you know, we all know Robbie Gordon. Like you, you and you, you can go and do. NASCAR and pavement racing, but it's like, I don't know, there's something about off-road that just draws you back in, you know? It's Yeah, there's there's definitely that experience in the unknowing. I mean, you can, you know, you go down there when, when you go run a peninsula run in, in Baja, and I got to do my first one two years ago at the 50th. I mean, it, it definitely, uh, the, the stories and, and the things that happened, I mean, the, the, you can only share that with people that have experienced that same thing because no one else in the world, they're like, no way, there's not – there's not goblins out in the middle of Bay of LA that are trying to get you out in the middle of the desert. Well, yeah, there is. There's like ghost cows. And I mean, there's all kinds of different stuff that, you know, that's all figments of your imagination, but, but you can only share that with the people that have experienced it because no one else will believe you or have any idea what's going on or um, anything. So there's, we definitely all share a very unique bond that way. And, uh, you know, it's cool that, so many people get to experience every year and, and it's not restricted to only people that can qualify, um, you know, at a certain speed or there's only so many entries. Now, if you have the money to enter in a class, you get to go experience off-road racing. And, and uh, so there's, you know, we definitely all have a unique bond that way. Yeah. And I think that's, what's funny. You never know who you're going to see on say a mint 400 or a Baja entry list or something like that. Like these random names. I mean, like you'd mentioned Jimco earlier, we got, you know, Bobby Pat, the owner of the Dodgers. Now all of a sudden he's got bit by the off-road bug, you know, it's like, how rad is that? You know, here's a guy who could do anything in the world and he's choosing to be in an off-road truck, you know? And to me, like that's, that's rad, you know? Um, well, I mean, I mean, how many times do you get to go race against the, you know, Jensen Button race in the mid 400? <laughs> I mean, I, I never would have got a race against Jensen Button in my life. I mean, I grew up watching him, you know, race Formula One cars, and I actually got to go up and bump him. I mean, yeah. like, hey, this is my territory. You know, this is my Monaco. Get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> and you can honestly say, hey, I beat Jensen Button, right? So. <laughs> yep. It doesn't matter if he's in a different class or if it was the first time. I still can say I beat Jensen Button. Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I got to ask, man, as we kind of wind this thing down, got a couple of questions left for you, though. But uh, first, big one, man. I know you went and did stadium super trucks, and I see, you know, obviously your pavement background and stuff like that, man. Is, is the short course side of things ever interested you? Uh, I know it's crazy money just like running trophy trucks and stuff like that, but you, you know, you're a guy who has been able to put business plans together and fundraising and, and find money and things like that. I mean, you know, I got to think you'd be wicked quick in a pro two or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely uh, interesting. It, it's, I mean, it's interested me, um, you know, to be, to be quite honest, it looked, uh, I went to a couple races and started looking very political. Um, so that was something that turned me off. And then the other thing that turned me off is I, I want to be somewhere cool during the summer months. I don't want to be at Glen Helen when it's 110 yeah. <laughs> and to, to race, you know, to, to race a five minute race. I mean, that's, even a 15 minute race, it's a lot of effort. And so it just, just haven't looked into, you know, putting it together and, and, um, but it would be, I, I would have an absolute blast doing it. I know I would. And, and, uh, it's just kind of something that I just hasn't, you know, come to, haven't wanted to use up my time that, that I have to, to go do it. Yeah. I can see you as like a Crandon Labor Day kind of guy, right? Where it's a little bit better That's weather. Exactly. You know, you kind of hang out on the lake in the evenings and like, you know, it's plus they've got, you know, it's just super high speed and stuff like that. You know, I could, I could totally see you as a Crandon guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely do that. And like I said, I would, I mean, I'd run any of it. It's just, if it was something that I was going to have to, you know, use my own money to go run. I'd, I'd rather go, you know, spend it with my family or, or, uh, you know, just be able to put more of that effort into my off-road program and, um, you know, the next couple of years, my goal is, is going to be to get a Baja 500 win and a Baja 1000 win. So I've got to, uh, got to use my time wisely, got to use my resources wisely and, uh, make sure I can, I can accomplish that. Yeah. So what's, uh, I know obviously, you know, you guys, uh, you're in the cattle business. What's uh day to day. I know you mentioned you're in Texas now. What's day to day Justin Lofton life look like? I know you, we text last week and you told me you were like at a cattle convention on the East coast or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, what, what are you doing on a daily basis now, Justin? Yeah. So my day to day is, uh, you know, it's roughly about six, six thirty AM. Um, you know, I live out here in Plainview, Texas, Lockney, Texas, and we have a and this is where uh, our expansion yard is, uh, Western Cattle Feeders. And uh, I'm kind of the general manager, day-to-day manager. So uh, we've got 38-plus employees that I oversee. Um, we've got over 40,000 head of cattle that uh, need to be fed, water, taken care of every day. So um, got lots of pieces of equipment on the uh uh, that on the yard, I, I think in my last off beef episode, when we were out there for the Silver State 300, we actually went and visited a Caterpillar dealership in Las Vegas for uh, one of our operations in California. So it's not all not all play when we go racing. We were actually out looking at equipment and ended up purchasing that particular loader. But um, you know, I was at at a cat dealership out here in Texas looking at one of my loaders that was in for service, and um, so it just it. it whatever it takes to get the job done is what I have to do. Um, I was out mowing weeds on a large tractor two days ago. Uh, so there is no job too big, too small. And I usually get stuck with the ugly ones. (laughs) 
Well, well, and I know you're one of the few guys too, and this kind of started when you were racing NASCAR. But uh, you've, you know, and, and I think uh, honestly, I wish a lot of guys would follow suit, you know, in this industry. But uh, you got Justin Lofton Foundation. You know, I know it's something that every single year I see, you know, some type of, uh, you know, some type of, you know, something going on, whether it be a golf tournament or this or that. But you know, what can you? How, how did that whole foundation get started? Tell us a little bit about that, because I think that's honestly, there's so many guys in this industry that have been really well, you know, successful, and it's just one of those things I see. You know, I'm like, man, I wish a lot of guys would follow suit and do things like that you know yeah so the our foundation Justin Lofton foundation started uh next year so what would it be 2020 will be its its 10th year um it started out really as a as an in-between gap when I moved from ARCA the series to the truck series I had like four months off I had attended all these golf tournaments and I and I I was kind of like trying to find a way to keep myself busy and I said you know what I can I want to put on a golf tournament. I want to put on a golf tournament better than anyone that I went to this year. And uh, so when that kind of got, when that rumor got started, I was actually approached by our local Imperial Valley Boys and Girls Clubs and said, hey, we, we have this golf tournament, but it we're, we're not doing very good at it. We don't have, you know, we don't have good attendance. We're not raising any money. In fact, it's costing us money. Uh, would you mind taking over our tournament for us? And so we, uh, we did exactly that. I flew out friends, uh, the Bodines, Crafton, a couple other, my, my truck owner at the time. I flew all them out uh, from North Carolina. Brought, and we brought people from all over the country and had 100-plus golfers. Uh, I think, you know, the first couple of years we did really well because we did some NASCAR-type uh, giveaways, NASCAR experiences. And, and uh, so it eventually evolved from being there their boys and girls club to my wife going to school uh she got her master's in uh in nonprofit management uh the third so we uh the following year we transitioned it to our own foundation we have the justin lofton foundation 501c3 and uh so over the last nine years we've donated 330 been able to raise and donate three hundred and thirty thousand dollars to the imperial valley boys and girls clubs uh, my wife actually just did a check presentation yesterday to the Imperial Valley 4-H committee for $7,000 uh, to send kids back to the National F- or 4-H convention in Louisville, Kentucky next year. Um, and uh, we're looking, so January 19, 2020 is our 10-year anniversary, and we're looking to make it bigger and better than we ever have and uh, hoping we can raise lots of money and and um, just continue it going. There's definitely a lot of work, but a lot, you know, there's a lot of uh, joy that comes from it and a lot of good things. Yeah. So uh, what's next for you uh, before we let you go, man? Uh, I know, I know you kind of, it seems like you've been concentrating on the best in the desert stuff a bit. We're going to see you at the 500 and the thousand this year. Kind of what's, what's the rest of the calendar year look like for Justin Lofton? It looks really busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready to be, be heading to Mexico next week. Uh, going to start pre-running for the Baja 500. Um, like I said, we went to went to San Felipe 250. We ended up with an eighth place finish. With we entered that race with with a sheer goal. I mean, I, you know, every racer enters a race to win. But realistically, with the truck and the resources we had for that particular race, we wanted a good starting spot for the 500. So we're taking a fresh bullet down to the 500. We're going to go give it all we got and, and uh, hopefully come away with a win. Uh, if not, at least a, a very competitive. Um, you know, finish that everyone knows there. And, uh, and then same thing, we'll load it up for Vegas, Reno, uh, run the Lucerna 400 for our starting spot for the thousand and, 
and uh, you know go go try to win the thousand. Yeah. So by chasing the five hundred and the thousand by default, you're actually running for score points the way they work everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. And, and uh, you know, ultimately, ultimately, as cool as it, I mean, it would be amazing to win the five hundred and the thousand, and those are definitely races I want to win before I retire from off road racing. Uh, you know, I definitely want to spend a year or two running at number one on the side of my truck, whether it's in Bethlehem Desert or Score, because, uh, you know, I people try to discredit what it takes to run for a championship, but, you know, it's it's a very rewarding thing, not only for myself, but for my crew and all the guys that that put the time and effort in that the following year, everyone knows we were the team to beat the entire year. And uh, so... I'm searching for that big number one, and, and uh, if not in both series, at least in one series. Nice. Well, Justin, man, it was uh, it was fun catching up, buddy. Uh, you know, this is one of those interviews. Like I said, I I had you earmarked as one of the guys, the top five guys. I was like, I gotta. There's more to him. I I want to know. I want to know the story here, man. So I appreciate you taking the time coming on the show, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. Life is all about sound. The sound of sports. The sound of the racetrack. And the sound of your vehicle. Don't drive around listening to this. Drive around listening to the sound of performance. Gibson Performance. Gibson Performance Exhaust is the company who can turn this into this. Remember that life is all about sound, and Gibson Exhaust is the sound of performance. Check out your next catback exhaust system, headers, muffler, or UTV exhaust at GibsonPerformance.com and get more power and more sound. Looking to have some fun on four wheels? Dirtfish Rally School has you covered. Packing as much adrenaline and adventure as you can handle into high-performance all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive Subaru rally cars is where the fun begins at Dirtfish. Just 30 minutes outside of Seattle and Snoqualmie, you'll get a chance to train up to three full days with some of the country's best instructors and be put through the high-octane rush of rally on mud, dirt, and tarmac. Get started today and call 425-888-7715 or visit us online at dirtfish.com and use code 911 for a 15% discount all right that's all we've got for this week here on the full wheel parts down and dirty show off-road edition powered by polaris razor uh make sure if you haven't already go over to itunes hit the subscribe button to the show you're gonna get both this show and the down and dirty show national show check us out on the website down and dirty show.com and uh also while you're at it check out project action on podcast one guest this week street bike tommy uh national show guest this week james hinchcliffe sebastian bourdais Colton Herta. So, uh, man, we've got uh, all across the board here action sports, off road, IndyCar. We got you dialed in on the three shows. So, thank you guys once again. It is at Jim Beaver15 on all forms of social media. If you want to give me a follow, would love to hear uh, your feedback on the show. And, uh, you know, and thanks uh, for all the kind words you guys have spread so far. I'll be back next week with another off road edition. Who knows who the guest will be? Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll go deep into our bag of tricks and pull somebody out for next week. Anyways, hopefully, you guys have a great week. If you're out at Moab at Rally on the Rocks, be safe. If you're up at uh, Flagstaff for, uh, um, you know, the Overland Expo, have a good time. And if uh, you're down in Mexico at Estero Beach for the Lucas Oil Short Course Race, have a beer and a taco for me. We'll see you next week right here on the Four Wheel Parts Down and Dirty Show, Off-Road Edition, powered by Polaris Razor. 4WP is more than a store. We're truck and Jeep experts and have been for over 50 years. From wheel and tire upgrades to full custom builds, 4WP has you covered. Whether you want to order the best parts online or shop in-store, do the work yourself or get it done by a pro, all roads lead to 4WP. Do your rig right. Shop online or find your store at 4WP.com.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.